straight ahead on this December 2020 edition of On SI. A special look back at the year that was, leading off with courage, resiliency, and gratitude on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19. This year, Staten Island got a new independent platform for sharing stories from the borough, how we here at onsi.nyc hope to amplify voices from Tottenville to Tompkinsville and everywhere in between. And even during the darkest days of 2020, why many islanders firmly believe brighter days are in store for all of us in 2021 and beyond. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Patty Murphy. This is our 2020 Year in Review. We begin this month with Staten Island's local response to a global pandemic. And that all starts with our first responders and healthcare workers risking their lives to help others. When Myers Corners resident Amy O'Sullivan, a nurse at Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in Brooklyn, started to see the first surge of patients from COVID-19, she says she saw many things that she hadn't ever encountered in her two decades of experience in healthcare. Not only did she witness a respiratory disease ravage local communities, she saw her coworkers come together to overcome. Everyone helped. Everyone was making the beds and cleaning stretchers. It was something that I've never seen before. And while O'Sullivan contracted and battled the virus herself, she returned to work as soon as she could. A courageous decision that prompted Time magazine to name her one of their top 100 most influential people of 2020. You know, there was a lot going on. You know, everyone was touched by this COVID. But I just, I didn't want to feel sorry for myself. I actually wanted to go and take care of the patients as I was taken care of. A similar scene played out in Richmond County. According to the executive director at Staten Island University Hospital, Dr. Brahim Ardolik, the hospital's staff was challenged like never before. For three weeks during the spring surge, the intensive care unit at the hospital's north site ran at 300% capacity and a little less than 300 at its south site. Despite the overwhelming demand for medical care, patient needs were met. The hospital isn't necessarily a place. It's a skill set and a group of people who are taking care of somebody. We figured out quite early that, you know what, if you have motivated staff and you're willing to work with them and you're willing to give them and find them the correct PPE and find them everything that they actually need, you can take care of people in a way that you didn't think you necessarily could. Dr. Ardolik said the resiliency and spirits of the borough's healthcare community were buoyed in part by public displays of gratitude by Staten Islanders, including the boisterous 7 p.m. clappy hours that could be heard for miles. Moments of gratitude made it clear to everyone on the front lines that they weren't alone and their critical work never forgotten. I think more than anything else, the recognition of how difficult this actually was from other people that weren't in it every single day, I think meant a lot to people. For the family of first responders and healthcare professionals, there were new worries as COVID-19 spread quickly through their ranks. Some felt inspired to give back and create a community of like-minded people. 
Mid-Island moms Allison Riley and Lindsay Ramasa turned to social media to create the Essential Heroes Project to share artwork, photos, videos, and host conversations about the unfolding crisis and its deepening impact. So our mission is to say thank you and spread gratitude and honor those everyday heroes that are out on the front lines keeping our city running, keeping our city safe. As the wives of firefighters, Riley and Ramasa know that they are often praised and acknowledged for their bravery. But during this outbreak, the moms wanted to recognize other people doing extraordinary things throughout this pandemic, from grocery store workers to truck drivers to paramedics. Though the project was formed in response to COVID-19, the founders hope that often unsung heroes will be recognized for years to come. I think everybody's waiting for this to be over, right? And you want to say like, oh, we already just get back to normal. But I think we're hoping to create a legacy that takes all of those everyday heroes that aren't the singers, the actresses, all these people that we praise. And reflecting on in these times, our heroes changed as a culture, as a society. In April of 2020, as stay-at-home orders went into effect and Islanders doubled down on their efforts to slow and stall the spread of COVID-19, the On SI podcast was launched, a new independent voice to tell stories on Staten Island. And with me now is Joe Malvasio, the co-founder of OnSI.NYC. Hi, Joe. How you doing, Patty? Great. It's great to have you here today. When we launched, I explained that our team was not new to the borough, and I told the story of my connections to the borough in episode one. Why don't we start off with sharing yours now? Sure. My career really started on Staten Island in 2006. I began as a reporter covering stories all over Staten Island, and I really did that for five years, anchoring and telling the stories of Staten Islanders. And over that time, I really took a, a liking to the borough. By far, Staten Island is the most unique of all the boroughs because it really is a small hometown feel within you know, the largest and most important city in America. And I think there is something very unique about that. Uh, there's, you just can't put your finger on what does that, whether it's because it's an island <laughs> or whether it's, I mean, you tell me, I mean, you're the Staten Island native yourself. What is it? What, what is it that does that? What's that attribute? And that's really what I covered for that many years. You're right. I'm actually a fourth generation Staten Islander to clarify. And to build on what you were just saying, Joe, one of the reasons why we wanted to share Staten Island stories is because we know that through it all, Islanders always see the positive, have a resilient spirit, help each other, and find a path forward. That's really how I think our mission got started. You and I were both speaking, and because we know the island uh, so well, as the pandemic was really starting to set in and we started to realize that there was a crisis here, there were so many stories to tell. We felt it was time. I mean, we had talked about doing this uh, prior to the pandemic, mm -hmm. launching something for Staten Island, but it was really the pandemic that brought everything together because there were so many voices happening at the same time that we, we and, and a lot of negative voices. I don't know, you know, obviously it was a negative story and obviously the crisis is negative, but there are so many positives that come out of a crisis like this. And I think we were looking to capture those stories. And I think we have. 
one of the conversations that stands out in my mind when I think of 2020 is the one we had with Tanisha Smith-Franks, who's a notable activist and educator on the North Shore, who we spoke to about social justice, which was another headline in 2020. Here's an example of what she had to say. Do we want in 20 years to be having the same conversations? And if the answer is no, then we all need to take a step back and do the work. You, you have to be analytical and you have to have a critical mindset and you have to ask yourself, why is this happening in one place and it's not happening in another? And Patty, coming out of that conversation, one of the things that were seen as hopeful or a path forward was how young people stood up and how young people really are the future uh, for how the nation confronts race in the future, how the nation confronts social justice. And the people who do see a path forward see a way to do this where young people bring that message forward and young people are the path to having a better society. One word that comes to mind when I think about 2020, if we're looking at it through a positive lens, is opportunity and creativity. And when I use the word creativity, I'm actually borrowing that from the guests we had on our September episode. I laugh a little bit because they really spoke to my soul there. Because <laughs> as a parent, you know, they, they spoke about how parents are coming into this pretty defeated. They're starting off looking for, again, a path forward on how do we educate our young people? How do we get our school system uh, working when the buildings are closed. What I found very inspiring about their conversation was when they said we really shouldn't focus on the arithmetic or the reading. It's really being able to be problem solvers. Mm -hmm. And I think they hit the nail on the head. And as a parent hearing this, I said, you know what? Let's, let's focus on teaching our kids to be creative and to overcome challenges. Not necessarily, uh, I think they refer to it as the X's and O's. Let's take a listen to what Eric James, the CEO of Young Minds in Motion, had to say during our interview about the hardships parents are facing as yet another school year is upended by the pandemic. This is an amazing time and things that the parents should really be concentrating on is really maybe not the X's and O's. We're seeing more creativity than I've probably seen in a long, long time. And we're stressing to all parents that that's something that they should really embrace, really stay on top of. Throughout 2020, we've heard from small business owners and community leaders who all practiced creativity in some way, whether it was providing services virtually or promoting social distancing and proper safety precautions. Islanders, as we have been saying, have always had a solution-oriented mindset and I think someone who typifies this is James McBratney, who's the owner of Jimmy Mac's Pizzeria. I have known James McBratney pretty much my whole life. I remember going to the pizzeria in kindergarten to make my own pizza. And he is somebody who's always giving back to the community. In our interview, he shared his recipe for success. If your heart's not in what you do, whether it's the restaurant business or, or anything, you know, uh, you'll be exposed as a fraud. And if you are truly that, that person that leads with their heart in all that you do, whether it's the restaurant business or any other business, you know, I think you'll come out on the other side just fine. And you know what else, Patty? I think this proves that Staten Island really is a small town in a big city. 
yes, of course you went there in kindergarten. Of course you guys know each other forever. Um, I think that that is very much a Staten Island thing. And that small town pride, when we heard about the baby bombers, the Staten Island Yankees shutting down, why that sort of struck many so badly that it, it was a, a blow to the, to the community. Yeah, in particular, it makes me think of island-based attorney Chris Caputo, who we obviously spoke to um, in our November episode. I started working at the Staten Island Yankees when I was 16 years old. It was my first job ever, but I also started singing at the Staten Island Yankee games when I was 11 years old, and they were playing at the College of Staten Island. And I've known Chris Caputo since that time because he was a season ticket holder for 20 seasons since the inception of the Staten Island Yankees. When we got on the phone, he immediately said, Patty, I remember you and I remember you singing. And it's just one of those things where Staten Island really is a small town and we do know each other and we do remember each other and we do care. You know, the point of minor league baseball and, and even owners across the country will tell you this, is fan fun, it's fan family interaction. Our seats were in section nine. Section 9 became a thing at the games. That would be my greatest memories of going to the games. We did things there that are just silly and made us laugh, but everyone was involved. We had parties of preseason, postseason. The, the memories and the relationships are really intertwined, and that would be my – I couldn't tell you what the win-loss records were each year. I couldn't tell you the championship years, but I could tell you who sat next to us. I mean, I love how he said in your interview, you know, he won't remember the wins and losses, but it's really about the person sitting next to you and that community that it builds. I went to my first minor league game on Staten Island, and there was something special about going there, and, and you did feel like you were part of this extended family. And I think when we look back at 2020 and we see, you know, let's call it the wins and losses of the year, I, I think what... I remember from our first year and also this pandemic year is that each of these individual stories is what becomes memorable. And I think each one of the people hearing their perspective and hearing their voice is important. And I think one of the great things about a podcast is, you know, you could read a quote in the newspaper and it'll say what that person said. But when you hear that person say it and you hear the emotion in their voice, there's really nothing like it. And, and I can't tell you how great it's been to hear these stories from Staten Island. I agree. I've so enjoyed every single one of them and appreciate every single person who has contributed to this podcast. It was really an honor to tell these stories and I can't wait to tell more. I agree, partner. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Patty. And finally... We're looking ahead to 2021 to deliver on the promise of normalcy, a goal that seems more real than ever as COVID-19 vaccines are delivered. Despite unprecedented challenges and a long road to recovery, there seems to be no doubt in the minds of Staten Islanders that everything will be okay. As we conclude this 2020 year in review, let's take a listen to some of the assurances we've heard this past year. But first, on behalf of the entire team, a sincere thank you to all of the Staten Islanders who took time to take part in our podcast. Please check out our website at onsi.nyc and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Happy New Year to everyone. Until 2021, be well.
just like our community was suffering after Hurricane Sandy and we came together and we recovered and we rebuilt and you know we're in a similar situation right now we need to just work find ways to work together and get out of this crisis and I know we will I, I know we will be stronger during times of, of, of tragedy and crisis Staten Islanders always band together Staten Islanders are always there for each other they have each other's backs If we just spark a sense of gratitude, it's kind of like a pay it forward. You know, you say thank you to one person, then they want to say thank you to the next person and just bring back that sense of community that is so apparent here on Staten Island. Let's think about normalcy in 2021. We're all reunited because I certainly believe music, dance, comedy can heal and reunite a community. I know everyone's gonna be wanting to celebrate. You're allowed to mourn, you're allowed to grieve, but don't let it break you. Still keep your spirit, keep your positivity and give back because that's just the way that you feel better. And it's just a domino effect of kindness and a domino effect of things just ultimately turning around and getting better.